Hello and welcome back to the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast. We are Jason. We're doing it again. We've got candidate conversation ready to happen. We're doing District 1 just a little bit different. Some personal stuff happened and we had to split up the interviews a little bit for two of our three candidates for District 1 City Council. All of this is clearly Nick's fault. All of it. Yeah, really. Probably. We'll see. Um, so so our District 1 conversations are going to include Kirk Sonicson and Mia Pryor, the third candidate, Robert Dye, did not participate in our conversation, so you won't be hearing his voice. Today, Jason, I'm going to bring on District 1 candidate, Mia Pryor. Welcome, Mia. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We're glad to have you in, and I'm glad that we could. Uh, we, I'm glad that uh, we're overcoming Nick's flaws and to be able to get this all taken care of and and get these interviews out. So we're. Why do I feel like the brand always shifts to it's my fault? Because it literally is your thing, so it's your okay. Fault. There we go. And yeah, okay. You want you want me to take blame and responsibility? You have to pay me. No. All right. Well, then we're, then we're then we're we are where we are. Mia, we're gonna just jump right in. Um, we're gonna we're gonna ask you the first question. We're gonna ask you is the same question we ask every candidate, and then from therefore we're gonna uh, uh, the topics are gonna be basically the same as what we've asked uh, your opponents and all the other candidates that will come forward basically. But we're gonna adjust a little bit based on your responses and and things you may have put out on the internet or, or other statements you may have made. So with that, um, I'm just gonna jump right into the first question. When you look back, if you're elected. And you look back at the end of your four-year term. What do you want to like? What do you want to have accomplished in those four years? Well, um, you know, I want I want the people of my district to look back and know that that I was their voice. I think communication is um, is extremely important. I think when people don't feel heard, that's where a lot of um, a lot of anger comes from towards government in general. So I want my district to know that I heard them, I listened to them, and um, that I was their voice. I also want to be known as someone that um, that worked well with with uh, my fellow council members. And, you know, it's, it's okay to disagree, but it's but disagree respectfully. And um, I don't want to be that divisive person on council. Um, and then also, you know, as you know, Lee Summit, Lee Summit's a wonderful community and it's a great community to live, work and play in. But I'd like to be known as like strengthening the, the work aspect of it. Um, a lot of our residents commute to um, Kansas City and Overland Park. And I'd like to um, be known as someone that that really advocated for businesses and bringing businesses here. And um, so we can... Um, you know, strengthen, strengthen our, and diversify our tax base. Okay. I want to, I want to, I want to kind of follow up on a, on a bit of what you talked about in, in that answer. Cause I think it's interesting. One of the, you talked first about being a voice of the people about working with the, the rest of, of the council members. And that's an, it's been, it, it leads me to an interesting conversation we've had with other, with other candidates for various offices that are, that are in this election. Everyone talks about want to be a voice of the people. They want to hear the people. But I think one of the hardest things for everyone to, to understand is that the people can be heard by you if you are an elected official, but they still may not get the, 
the thing they want because you are just one vote on on that dais. So how are you going to work with people so that when they say we aren't being heard, what they really might mean is we didn't get the result that we wanted. How can you work with people to let them still feel a part of the process, even though they may or may not get the thing they want? Well, and I feel like that's where open communication comes in. Um, you know, I'm I'm pretty easily accessible. Any you know anyone anyone can find me on Facebook, and I put my phone number out there. And um, I think that that's where open communication just comes in. And people, I, I might be able to talk to them. I want them to know that they can reach out to me whenever they want, and I might be able to talk to them and maybe offer them a, a different perspective as to why the vote went that way. Um, maybe something that that they hadn't thought of before. And and likewise, I might be able to offer something to council and represent the people of my district and maybe offer a different perspective to them as to as to why people in my district are feeling the way that they're feeling. Um, so uh, open communication. And yeah, and, and there are going to be times where, um, you know, you can't please everybody. And so there are definitely going to be times where the vote's not going to go in in favor of of the way that every that that certain people want it and that's okay as long as i feel like people as long as people feel heard and then there is open communication i feel like it's easier it's easier to swallow when a when a vote doesn't go your way fair enough all right well we're going to move into the way less interesting but probably more uh in like issue-based uh questions now so we're going to start and kind of talk a little bit about probably the core thing that a city council or any elected body does, and that's set a budget for the city, right? You approve the budget. So <laughs> you, um, in, in many of your campaign materials, have emphasized public safety, which is, and I think I'm going to, I'm safe in saying this, is not the, it's a fairly popular stance among politicians. I don't know that any, pe any people have run um, like a, an anti-police uh, campaign and won uh, like city council <laughs> elections recently. But, and you have a, you, to be fair, you have a personal vested interest in public safety as well. You are married to a firefighter. Um, mm -hmm. How do you balance when you're looking at like the budget um, and thinking about the needs of the city as a whole? How do you balance like your emphasis on public safety funding and public safety matters with sort of like the restrictions, like the finite amount that we have in the budget? Well, um, I think that, that I would have to look at all available information. Um, that's and for example, if the city needed um, new snow plows um, or upgraded snow plow equipment, and and I you know I use this in my in my questionnaire, um, I feel like that would rate higher than a tourist campaign. So I think it's just looking at all available information and then making making um, making a decision based on the information that that I have. Um, yeah. One of the things that's on the ballot right now is is a, a sales tax issue. And the the city and its educational pieces about it have said that the intent and the, and the current city council body has said the intent of this is to put that money toward toward public toward public safety. When you look at look at how you you want to maybe either support or not support that. What are, what are the things that you're, um, what are you weighing? What are the issues there that you kind of take into account as you look at this? 
Well, and and so that's that's where I think it's important. You know, I've I've lived here for a long time. And like you said, I have a husband that's a firefighter. And um I think it's important to to remember just, you know, a few years back when um police and fire they weren't doing great and they had uh they had a lot of people quitting and going to other cities and um their their pay was low and they things just weren't working out for them and um i feel like this public safety tax is important one most other surrounding cities um do have a public safety tax we have a park tax um so i think that this is equally as important um I think that with the way that Lee Summit is growing and um, more res- if you add more residents, then, then the need for um, strong police and fire and adequately staffed police department and fire department are, are important to be able to respond and serve the residents well. Um, I, you, you brought know, up, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was going to, you brought up growth of the town and I think that's a good, good place for us to kind of move to. Hold on. Before that, are you saying you're in favor of the sales tax or against it? Or are you not taking a position? I am in favor of it. Okay. I just want to make sure. Cause like Nick was going to, I don't know if he meant to let you slide, but you didn't say like yay or nay. And I'm going to, I'm forcing the issue here. So we're going to. Yes, I am in favor of it. I think that it's still, I mean, even, even with the half cent sales tax, our tax rate is still, on the lower end compared to other cities. Um, even if you factor in the 1%, even in, in specific areas, um, every city has the, has the, you know, the incentives and the 1% higher in certain areas. And so we're still, we're still well under a lot of surrounding cities. She just did. And she did it again. She opened right into the next topic. She just, she just, just did all the segue for me. Let's talk <laughs> about, let's talk about growth. Let's talk about incentives. So right now we right now the current city council is talking about housing development they're talking about incentives what's on on right now before them is the the downtown market plaza development there's there's a great example is the proposed development over at Blackwell and 50 these are both multi-use projects they're going to include a lot of housing and they are looking to request incentives housing boom isn't going away right yeah. but the um, gosh, Jason, I just blanked. I'll just, the, do, the, do you want me to finish the question for you, Nick? <laughs> Look, what we have in stock, right, is is not is going to start dwindling soon. So, what do you what do you kind of evaluate? How are you going to decide when and where to use incentives? Um, you know, I I think the easy answer for me is if the incentive outweighs. So, if the end result outweighs the incentive, um. Okay, so let, let's 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 take that apart piece at a time then. So I I I want to get into this because I uh, often we get into generalities and it's like, so what are those end results that you're looking for? Um. Well, so with incentives, a lot of times you know people, um, there's a lot of pushback, some pushback from from particular people just about well, you know, it's money, money that could be going here, money that could be going there. But ultimately, I feel like you have to look at the bigger picture. And if if the benefit of that incentive, the benefit of giving whatever that incentive um, outweighs the the short term effect of the incentive, then then it, then it's 
maybe worthwhile. Um, again, okay, so you know, it's a case, let, case by case. Let's let, let's do a case. Not, uh, and I don't want to talk about the, either of these projects specifically. Although, feel free to give your opinion <laughs> on them. Uh, but I mean, in general. So let's talk about these are ones, and I think this is where the city council finds the more difficult. Uh, stance these days is on on projects that include a residential component that is something that is comparatively new for the the city council to approve and, and allow and they've done that on a number of developments out uh, the new uh village or the prior west prior streets west prior thank you uh the downtown apartments and a couple of others some of the ones at longview included some incentive work as well so it's something that the the city council has grappled with and is dealing with but um is not i think they're they're their stance on it is not set in stone, but all of these projects are coming in with that. So what is the benefit? Like, I mean, the benefit to that is I think like there's more housing built, right? This, there's not like the number of jobs created by an apartment complex are fairly small and, and things of that nature. But like, what, how do you weigh that part of that benefit for residential projects in specific? Um, so I, again, I think it's case by case basis. The, the one in downtown, um, I think in downtown Lee Summit, I think is is on its own level because it it's almost gonna you know sustain and grow the businesses downtown, and um, and so that that was a in my opinion a smart move. Um, I know in the winter a lot of those businesses struggle with with not being able to keep up. Just it, traffic's not as as much in downtown. Um, but as far as a lot of them, again, I think it's a case by case basis. I think I think that you know, just generally speaking, it adds more people to our city, and those people are going to spend money. Those people will hopefully look for jobs in our city. Hopefully, those people will start start businesses in our city. Um, we have you know a great entrepreneur base in our city, um, and so with growth comes a lot of added benefits, but also we need to make sure we're not. Um, so as far as, well, so aside from the incentives, we need to make sure we're not oversaturating our schools. Um, we're not overtaxing our um, police and fire department with the demand. And again, with, with an increased call volume comes increased revenue for the police and fire department. So with, with those, I, I, you know, I don't know. I think it's just a case by case basis as far as incentives go. Um, as far as incentives go for want, the residential areas, I want to follow up on something, but it is it, 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 sorry, Jason, but it's going to be you a know, little I more. I kind of jumped around there. No, you're but fine. No, 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 but this can be a little more 30,000 foot again. But I think this is a, a topic that has come up a lot over the last few years, specifically even now during during the election. A lot of development is happening right now in the housing world. That includes rental properties, whether it's whether it's apartments, whether it's senior living. The one that we referenced over on the east side of town is even going to include single family homes that that will be developed for rent. There was a study, a housing study done back in is it 2017? Jason, correct if I'm wrong there. In 2017, one of the things that that study called for, and and we still haven't met the numbers that it asked for, was more lower affordable income housing, more senior. We're not quite to those numbers yet, but when you look at adding all of the developments that are coming up and, and things that come, when you look at adding more rental developments in Lee Summit, how, how are you looking at that? What's your, what are your thoughts? Um, well, so, you know, I, I, I can really see both sides for one. I, I, 
affordable housing to me, saying just affordable housing to me, um, it means something different to everybody. And so, um, so it's hard for me to, to just completely answer on like affordable housing. But um, I've heard it recently, I've heard it called attainable housing, which, um, you know, I don't, I, it still means something different <clears throat> to everybody, but um, we're going to do a whole four hour conversation later on, yeah. on defining affordable one day, housing. One day, Nick and I are going to bore, we're going to kill off our entire audience by having a four hour podcast <laughs> on, on defining like, housing issues. So, but anyway, okay. sorry, go on. Um, okay. Can you repeat the question? The well, I guess, question? I guess what's kind of your, there has been a lot of pushback from, okay. from residents, from other candidates for various offices that, in this election about the the amount of development that's coming that includes rental housing. So mm -hmm. I, I just kind of what what are your thoughts on that and, and where where you stand as those developments come forward? Um again, case by case basis, but I think I think some rental property is important. Um like I said, I am I'm a I I like the downtown apartments. It's you know it takes getting used to driving down Douglas and looking over and seeing those huge apartments. It's, it's taken some getting used to. Um, but, but I like them. I think, I think adding that rental property was, was a smart move for the businesses down there and for, you know, keeping our core of the city strong. Um, as far as other rental properties, I, you know, I guess, again, I guess I would just have to look at all available information that I have and, it's really a case by case basis. And I, I really actually don't know enough about the, the development on Blackwell to know that, know if I'm for it or against it. I know that, um, that, and so that's not my district, but I know a lot of the residents around there are not excited about it. Um, Oh, and so trust I think me, that I know better than almost everybody else. That's true, so. <laughs> well, and, and, and I didn't want you to talk, I, I wasn't really asking you to get specific on those but I, I did kind of want that 30,000 foot of how you're, how you're viewing those, because I think that's something that's coming up in conversation around the community. Right. And, and there's a lot of, I would say there's a lot of rhetoric. That's a, that's a very nice word to there use that this surrounds some of these uh, proposals or projects that we, we deal with. So we're going to, we're going to roll oh. right on um, into our, our, uh, our next substantive question. We're saving the most important question for absolutely last but we're not going to get there just yet. So um, I think the other biggest thing that you as a city council person is going to be doing like right after you get on the council, if you are elected, is you're going to help select a new city manager. Steve Arbo is, announced his retirement, uh, I think in what, September? Yes. Uh, and, and he is taking with him decades, literal decades of institutional knowledge. And he has sat over the city over an era, an era of very, very substantial growth. I think that's the that's the most neutral way I will put that for the whole process. So coming to choose a new city manager is something that like maybe only one person on the council even remembers um, having happened in there. That That's an in-joke for you, <laughs> Mr. So-and-so person. Um, anyway, um, so what are... You listed amongst uh, your reasons for running that elected officials should work to create city government that works for everybody in the community. And the everyone in the community thing is like literally a quote from you. So what qualities in a city manager are you going to look for to help be that conduit? Oh, that's a, that's a tough question. That's um, why we ask. 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that a city manager that is, um, I think a city manager needs to, you know, rely heavily on city staff and, and listen to, to city staff. And um, I think a city manager, you know, again, I'm back on open communication. And I think, I think an important thing on a city manager is to be active, be involved in the community that, that, that they're a city manager for and be available, be open, um, open to communication, open to um, suggestions from the council, open to, I think I've, I think I've gone off of your original question. No, well, let me, let me ask, let me ask you this. So you, as the, as the city council, you are basically the board that's going to hire the, hire the executive to run the city. Mm-hmm. This is the CEO. So what, what kind of relationship are you looking to establish if you're elected to establish between yourself and the city manager or even the, the body as a whole, we'll call it the Royal we, the Royal we and the city manager. What kind of relationship am I looking to establish? Um, you know, a good relationship. Um, <laughs> well, don't, don't go too hot take there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, How should that I mean, relationship work, I guess? Well, I think that, hmm, um, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I guess I don't have an answer. Um, I guess, how does the relationship work? You know, the city manager, the city manager is, is ultimately in charge of the city and the council will make suggestions to the will be the defining i guess i don't understand what you're asking i'm sorry well okay so skipping the the mechanical relationship part of it is like Uh part of the relation i mean so there's a working i guess the working relationship between the two entities right i mean there's there's the mechanical piece of it that you know is defined in the city charter and and that's not really up for debate for another couple of years anyway (laughs) um but and so like when you're when we're thinking about your I mean, there have been times where I mean, to be as frank as possible, um, I think that the relationship between the city manager and the firefighters union or the police union or some of these other organizations has been tense um, as they've sat on opposite sides of that. And you obviously bargaining table. have been at the bargaining table and, and, and going through those processes. And obviously you have been, you know, like a third or fourth hand witness to that whole process. Um, but th- that, you know, that I'm sure you remember how that went and how that felt. And so we're, I'm trying to get to this, like, how do you, is there anything in that relationship between, and then you watched, I guess we'll even go, let's skip that. I don't know, I, I, let's not talk about city manager versus or with firefighters union for mm-hmm. a minute, but uh, you watched in that, that communication to the city council. We had just a few years ago, was that four years ago now, we had an inc- very, very tense heightened emotions at the dais and and lots of things were going on is that as that process unfolded and and they you know it, it ultimately came to there, the, there were city ca- council members from the dais very very critical of how how the city staff and the city manager were running things 
Yes. So is that, I guess, in, ter in terms of taking that, and we were critical on this podcast, I, I will I will say this, we were critical on the podcast of the way that the city council was dealing with some of their, we called it negotiating from the dais and some other things in that, but how mm -hmm. the business was handled. Is there is there something in that relationship, like with the next city manager that you would like to see different? Do you think what work like was, was how... Steve Arbo and the city council generally get along is good. Where, where do you fall into that? Um, well, I think that mutual respect and open communication are important. And these, are, seem to be, these are themes for you, Mia. They are. They are. <laughs> I am big on communication. Um, I think communication really helps one side see where the other side's coming from. And um, so I think a city manager needs to really um, be open to listening to counsel and um, be willing to communicate with them. Do you feel, I remember just one last thing on, on this, on this topic. Do you feel like what you, what you have witnessed in your time as, as a resident and obviously, you know, third or fourth hand kind of, kind of in on that, but do you feel like what you've witnessed in the relationship between the council bodies and the city manager has been a model to try to recreate, or are there some things that maybe you'd like to change? Um, there are some things that I would. So I guess it. I guess it depends on. Um, just as a whole, there are yeah. some things. You know, there are some things that I would like to change. Um, I think that, um, again, listening and understanding where one side is coming from. Um, without using any specific um, specific cases on that, just in general, just listening and understanding where that where where that individual is coming from is important. Okay. All right. Now we get to move to the most important question and the only one to which there is a correct answer potentially for this. Well, question. look, this is where we are going to judge you. Yeah. <laughs> like the rest of this was for the community to this, hear the you. The rest of it was for voters. And this is for us. Well, answers. really voters should consider this as well, actually. This, Possibly. This is, this is, this is a very important. All right. Mia, as you probably are aware, we have been known over the years to take stance on the uh, taco versus hamburger question. And, and we have determined through our very precise scientific methods that that answer, that question has been answered. Tacos are superior. Um, mm -hmm. So we're not going to ask you the question we've asked the prior year's oh, candidates no. about whether you choose a taco or a burger. We're going to ask you. Instead, we're just going to assume that you're going to do the right thing. You're not a monster. You're not a monster. You're going to choose tacos. And if you are a monster, you get the opportunity to keep your monstrosity to yourself. So that's excellent <laughs> for everyone involved here in the whole community. And by the way, Lee Summit, you're welcome. So the question we have for you is where in town do you get the best tacos? Oh, that's tough. Um, probably my house, but no. Okay. Let me just say, for right, one, you are, uh, I, you're only I allowed eat... to say that if, if your husband makes them, <laughs> you can't say you make the best tacos. That is an ego too far and we will stand against you. Well, and so I don't, well, okay. So my kids actually like Nick Parker's tacos. Whenever he does the fundraising, I always try to we go are out fist bumping in the studio. <laughs> I always try to go out and support Lee Summit Social Services. And so when he makes those, my kids love them. But I don't eat red meat, which I know is weird because my no, entire family fine. does. That's fine. I make them with pork. We're we're not well, judging I know, you. Okay, I don't I don't eat pork either. Okay, uh, so. we're not judging. We're like we don't want to be that judgy. But where do you get fine? There are fish tacos. 
There are no. Well, so are. I do eat fish tacos, but I will tell you the some of the best tacos is like uh, Arcade Alley. They have. I know it doesn't seem like a great place, but they have tacos, and you can get chicken or beef, and um, they like deep fry the entire taco with the meat. Yeah, in she's it. not wrong. I'm okay. Look, see, this so is good. a this is a perfectly legitimate answer. Um, yeah. There have been answers given at other interviews that were more courageous. Uh, that's a that I would say one of the candidates for the school board had what I will consider the hottest take ever uttered on our air. So My as we deal with that, that's fine. What, hey, kids, what? your mom's doing great. Um, all right. So, Mia, I think that is that's by a the strong way, answer. That's a strong answer. And it is it is not it's not a mail it in answer. Some others have said, like, my spouse makes the best tacos. I know your blatant sucking up for Nick making really good tacos. Is, is <laughs> Mia, I thank you. Pork, so they, they <laughs> I will. We'll have tacos ready. We're gonna. We're gonna bring that back soon. We hope. Yes. Yes. Mia, thank you so much for for your your time today and for joining us for this conversation, so that voters can get a better a better chance to hear your voice and your perspective on on issues, and they're ready to make their choice come April fifth. And also, thank you very much for throwing your your name in the hat. It takes a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of courage to to step forward and, and run for office. So we thank you. And as we say to all the candidates, good luck. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me. That will wrap us up for this episode of Police Summit Town Hall Podcast. We will talk to everybody next time.